With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. A lot of times when you see a coach going off the sidelines at halftime, there's an understanding that the sideline reporter is going to get two questions. Sometimes it's only one. Maybe it's three. There's a discussion maybe pregame if you're going to talk to the coach. And um, I was wondering with Jenny Taft, she was working the sidelines with uh, Penn State in Michigan, and Jenny joins us now. At what point did you realize that Harbaugh wasn't going to be there, and how much prep work did you have on what you were going to talk to him about? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. This is uh, really special to be a part of the show, so thank you. And, you know, it was one of those situations, Dan, where you're not – I've never been in a situation like this before where oftentimes the broadcast has a lot more information going into the game. Maybe the public doesn't know. We had no idea if Harbaugh was going to show up minutes before the game. And throughout the week, we had had a conversation with Coach Harbaugh, and he said, if for some reason there's, I am not able to coach, it will be Sharon Moore. So we knew that going into it, but they had, they really did not believe that that was going to be the situation. So I felt a little bit like an investigative reporter on Saturday morning. And yeah, you're always looking at body language and talking to players and coaches. And it was just a different energy because no one knew. I interviewed Sharon Moore during warmups when they still didn't know if Harbaugh could potentially show up. And obviously <laughs> the mood continued to shift. So I, I know Sharon Moore and I've gotten to know him pretty well over the years. And he had a calm confidence to the way he was carrying himself. But then when he realized he was going to be the guy, I did feel like he tensed up and you could just sense that it was a big opportunity for him. Okay, let's say Harbaugh showed up. What was your question going to be prior to the game? Oh, gosh. First of all, Harbaugh, I have, it's been years for me convincing him to do these interviews. So as you know, he doesn't love them. But I would have chased him down and said, Coach, <laughs> the last 24 hours have been insane. You've been in your hotel room. What has been going through your mind? And how are you prepared to win this game today? I think the, the issue is, and I've been asked this, do you ask about the allegations in that moment? And I tend to believe that you have to allow the game to play out. And perhaps after a win, I would have taken that opportunity to congratulate him on the win had they won with Harbaugh coaching. I assume it would have been the same outcome there. And then you possibly give him the opportunity to address 
a different audience because he's spoken about it, you know, in his press conferences. But I would try to give him that moment. But as we all know with Harbaugh and as Sharon Moore did the same, they like to start the interview and then hand him off to a player. So I'm kind of used to that when it comes to Michigan. What do you expect? Is Harbaugh on the sidelines this weekend? Boy, I I have a feeling, yes, just based on how confident they seem to be. Uh, obviously, we know that that hearing is set for Friday, and I'm sure you saw some of his quotes yesterday from his presser saying that he's watched plenty of Judge Judy and he's prepared <laughs> for his big moment. I mean, he had an all-time list of quotes yesterday that I just – to say that Harbaugh is not stressed about this, it's kind of crazy, but I don't think he really is. And he said to us over and over again, and this is what he is telling us, I did not know what was going on. And, you know, he's handled the pressure and he said to me, I don't want the players to deal with this. Let everyone come my way. So Harbaugh knows the hard questions are coming. Uh, he hasn't decided as of yesterday if he will speak on Friday, but if he's not there, Sharon Moore will continue. And after what we saw from Saturday and the way he was able to do both, manage that offense and lead the team, I thought it was pretty impressive. We had Brady Quinn on yesterday, and I said, and he he was talking about this too, could you set up a camera where I, I was more interested in watching Harbaugh watch the game than I would have been watching the game itself. But is there any chance that you could do an interview with him or even the broadcasters could do an interview with him if he's watching from a hotel room? Oh, I mean, you better believe I'm going to ask. I actually did ask that question. If we could send a camera to the hotel, I was shut down by Michigan, which I understand. I mean, sure. at that point, they don't even know. And I'm like, where is he watching? Oh, he's in the hotel room. I said, with whom? Like, is he watching solo and just pacing? Like Harbaugh watching a game in his hotel room <laughs> should have been just like a steady cam video yeah. that we were going to on the side. So, Look, I guess we don't know until Friday takes place, but I know that Fox will do whatever we can to make sure we have some sort of Harbaugh cam, and I will do my best to get all that inside scoop. And he is going to talk to me if he's there. He can't say no to me this time. Do you know that for sure? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to make it very clear to him because, like, you have to talk. And I've given him this out in the past, but at the same time, like, Coach Harbaugh, you got to talk now. So it's I'm too big of a news story, and hopefully he he understands that. Plus, he's I, playing the victim, and now he's the coach of America's team. And yeah, that's what he said, America's team, right? And I, I don't, I know he doesn't like doing interviews because I know he wants the attention to be about the players, but this is different, and I do think he understands that now. So I. Don't worry, when we get off this, this I'm going to text Michigan's SID and make sure we're prepared for, for all interviews. Well, they're probably watching, writing down all of this. We're talking to Jenny Tapp. She'll be on the sidelines, Fox Big Noon Saturday, and it'll be Michigan and Maryland. Then uh, it'll be Ohio State and Michigan the following yeah. Saturday. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. How physical does it get on the sidelines for you? What do you mean? You know, post-game jostling, trying to get a coach, camera people, sure. like, you know. It's pretty intense. Uh, look, I, I think back on Michigan-Ohio State a couple years ago when Michigan had finally gotten the win, Ann Arbor, snow coming down. I'm trying to find Aiden Hutchinson. I'm actually pregnant at the time, which <laughs> is wild, considering some of my security guards were like, we don't want you to do 
the interview of the storming of the field. And I'm like, you think I'm going to miss this interview? Oh, wow. Like, there's no way. So, yeah, at times it's a little intense, but that's half the reason why I love the energy of being a sideline reporter. I think you feel it in a different way when you're on the field and you're chasing down coaches. We tend to have a plan, right? Like, had Penn State won, I would have tried to find Coach Franklin to the side. Like, at some point you have to a little bit map it out because if you don't want to miss the coach. That's the worst case in any field storming situation. Um, but yeah, it gets physical, but at the same time, it's kind of what I love about it. And I would never turn down any of those interviews. Like I sprint to get to that coach as fast as I can when, when the game ends. And yeah, Sharon, did I anticipate the tears? No, I felt he was starting to feel it. Like it was sinking in right before we had kind of chatted. And then once he started to get a, a little emotional, I, you know, I soaked it up a little bit and I, I felt like I didn't anticipate the swearing. Uh, he actually did text me right after, which I thought was really sweet. He said, I'm so sorry. I got emotional. I'm sorry about the F-bombs, but like I couldn't help myself. And I think that that just speaks to the emotion of college football. Like it's so it's just they had been through a lot and it was a big deal for him. Loudest stadium you've been in? The big house is hard to top. It really is. I know I'm just talking about Michigan, but like, you know, I was pretty impressed by Beaver Stadium. This was our second game uh, at Penn State. And I, I will say that the way it's set up, it's just a really impressive fan base and crowd. And I haven't had a night game there, but we've just really enjoyed going to Happy Valley. And like that crowd is it's pretty special. Being a journalist, can you confirm this, that Brady Quinn does a party pump before he goes on on the show, on Big Noon Kickoff? I mean, what does it? Brady does it all, right? Like, Brady is, he, he, what can't he do? He got stopped twice on our way home for autographs. Like, this guy, like, it's just, he can't he can't get away from being Brady Quinn. And I, he's a great teammate. I'm actually so lucky to, to work with a guy like him. I know he comes on the show often, so he, I should have texted him for some insight. He seems like he could be high maintenance, though. You know, hair, makeup. Well, it's just one of those, like, when he looks better than me, that's just not a great sign for, like, a broadcast crew. I feel like I try to put myself together, and then I'm next to Brady Quinn, and, like, yep. you, you can't. You do what you can. Yeah, I know. It's not fair. That's why he's called Brady Beefo hair. Brady. Beefo Brady. Brady. Uh, <laughs> good luck this weekend. We'll be watching. Thanks for joining thank us. You. Congrats yeah, on your uh, your baby, too. Thank you, oh, John. Thank you. Uh, Jenny Taft, she'll be on the sidelines there looking for Jim Harbaugh. It's Michigan and Maryland, and then Ohio State and Michigan the following Saturday. It's a job that your your job is to make it look easy, smooth, fluid, and it's not because it can be choppy and chaotic and survival, especially when the fans storm the field, and then you're just looking, you're looking, you're looking, your camera person's there, and you're just, you, there's this you know sea of people, and you're trying to do your job. And the fans are running by and yelling and screaming. They want to be on camera. Uh, it, it's chaos. It's, it's disorganized chaos. I was going to say organized chaos, but there's nothing organized about that. But to be able to ask the question, and you know when, when you see that reporter and she has to or he has to run off the field with the coach because the coach won't even stop sometimes. And then you're like, I'm going to kind of slow down, ask your question. Hey, what, what changes are you going to have in the second half? Uh, yeah, as if I'm going to tell you. Uh, good luck, coach, in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, Marv. I've worked a couple of NBA games, where they, the national TV games, where they have the uh, 
post-quarter uh, interviews, and you can see they, they're pre-taped before they come back from commercial break. Yeah. And so as soon as the uh, the horn uh, sounds off at the end of the quarter, the coach, <sighs> hey, Izzy, hey, George, uh, whoever it is, yeah. right? And they do it, and then they just, they're just so irritated. Like they, so there's somebody from the PR department, yeah. hey, you got to do this. Does anybody enjoy doing it? Greg Popovich lets you know he hates it. Oh, I know that. Yes, Dad. Be professional. Don't be rude. They're doing their job. You know, they're not coming up upon you and attacking you with a microphone. This is all planned ahead of time. It's all part of the broadcast rights. You know it's coming. Just deal with it. If you want to give a vague, bad answer, whatever. But you know a couple of questions are coming. Don't be nasty or rude and have one foot like out the door towards the locker room while you're talking to them. Thank you, Tim. I hate that. Thank you. Thank oh. you. Yeah, we needed that insight. Yes, Marv. But in my situation, they weren't rude. They just kind of... And then they go over and they're really nice and cordial to the person interviewing them because... That they're just doing their job. Popovich is a whole different animal, though. Yeah, 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 Paulie. My favorite post game interviews were always uh, the NSA tournament after the final team lost, and they interviewed the you know Jay Wright. And Jay Wright jumping around, he's got the net, and then they go, "Let's throw it to Bonnie Burns from CBS <laughs> with Roy Williams." And and all of a sudden they bring out, they drop the background sound. I know how they do this. They drop the background sound. It's an empty hallway, mm. and there's Roy Williams and Bonnie Bernstein, coach, and she has to do a funeral voice. It's a totally different interview. How do you feel, coach? How do you think I feel? What did you say to your team? Yeah, coach. Yeah. Are you going to North Carolina? <laughs> uh -oh. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. On the other hand, when I first started ESPN, I got to do a little field producing, and I saw Andrea Kramer. And Andrea Kramer, you guys all know her, right? She can't be more than 5'3". And there was a post game where she was going to get, I think it was like Bob Davey or someone from Notre Dame, and there's security, and there's people, and there's flushing. She went in there, and she was pushing people physically. Oh, that, she's going she's gonna to get her man. She's getting her man. She will get her man. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. She had a forearm out and the microphone in the other hand, and she went right into the pile and got arm around Bob David. Really impressive. She, she is as determined as anybody I've ever met yeah. to get the story. Absolutely. Yes, Mark? Is the Super Bowl the wildest postgame like, thing you're a part of where people are physically pushing each other? I would... Well, that's different because there's a lot of different agendas going on at the end of the Super Bowl. And I only know where I was. I would be behind the goalpost and then waiting for the podium. I knew where the podium was going to be built, uh, the platform, the stage. And then I would just wait. And it took about five minutes that they came out of nowhere, set it all up. And then all of a sudden you walk up there because they're going to commercial break. Next thing you know, somebody is carrying the Super Bowl trophy up. Commissioners up there, owners up there, quarterbacks up there, coaches up there, maybe another player is up there. And that happens so quickly. But I know where I'm going. You know, my, my mark from A to B is probably 15 or 20 yards straight ahead. That's it. But trying to get everybody and get them up there, you know, they're out there hugging with family and friends, uh, even – you know, when you carry the trophy up, you got to have an opening for them to carry. Joe Namath was walking the trophy up, and the players kind of parted the sea and let Joe come up there, and they were touching the Super Bowl. It, it's so quick. It's, it is chaos. And people yelling. I mean, you know, I have Kevin Hart down there, you know, at the base of the steps yelling, I, I should be up there. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm a big Eagles fan. I should. And I'm going, that sounds like Kevin Hart. Now, I'm getting ready to hand out the trophy, and I got Kevin Hart, like, I don't know, 20 feet away, yelling at security that he, he should be up there on the podium. 
And it's just wild. There's nothing like it. I mean, not many people get to experience that, but those who do know what I'm talking about where you go, oh, my God. And you just want to get up there and not make a mistake. That's it. I, you know, the one mistake I made was with Gronk when he was holding the trophy and I'm interviewing him and I said, did you ever think that you would get this feeling again? He goes, this is my first Super Bowl. And then you go, ah, e me. But it wasn't, it, it, it was more the team. Did you guys ever think you would get this feeling again? But Gronk goes, no, this is my first Super Bowl. And I'm like, all right, you got me. And then you got to just quickly rally and go, all right, Gronk, thank you. Julian Edelman, come on in here. Did you ever think that you would get this feeling again? No, we didn't. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. Uh, You may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The original light beer, 1975. Miller Lite. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day. I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Lite, my friend, right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. I would no, lose. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Final hour in this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Talk to Steve Tasker, former Buffalo Bill great. How's morale in Buffalo today? Also, Jay Billis will stop by as well. Got some college basketball coming up, some big matchups. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, Spurs at the Thunder. It's Wemby versus Chad Holmgren. Timberwolves, the sneaky Timberwolves at the Warriors. Uh, that's uh, the marquee games in the NBA. And some Mac football, some action coming up. Jim Harbaugh talks at his press conference. Not sure if he's going to uh, speak at the hearing coming up on Friday, but it's Michigan versus Maryland coming up on Saturday. Broncos over the Bills at the buzzer, 24-22. The Bills, 5-5. Five and five. The Broncos at 4-5. and five. Poll question for the final hour of the program is going to be what, Seton O'Connor? Dan, Josh Allen is a top three NFL quarterback or hurting his team as much as helping it. Right now, that's at 81% that he's hurting his team as much as helping it. And then are the Bills going to be in the Super Bowl or miss the playoffs? That's 95% miss the playoffs. I'm looking at the draft order right now. Bears, that pick from the Panthers. Then it's the Giants, Cardinals, Patriots, Bears, Packers, Rams, Titans, Broncos, Falcons. Bears, yes. Giants, yes. Cardinals, maybe. Patriots, yes. Bears, no. Packers, probably not. Rams, yes. Titans, no. Broncos, probably no. Falcons, yes. Drafting a quarterback. Bears, Bears have two picks, and uh, that probably, if they have that first pick, would use it on a quarterback, I'd think. The Giants, I'd certainly think long and hard about that. Kyler Murray is playing for his job, his future in Arizona, but does Arizona want Kyler Murray to be their quarterback in their future? And Kyler made some plays. Made, he had a nice little scramble for 33 yards, but he's hurting the draft status. The Patriots, they will move on. Uh, the Packers, I, do you give Jordan Love another year? Let me see what happens the rest of this season. The Rams... Yes. I mean, they with, with Stafford there, but how much longer? Yet Stetson Bennett, uh, who was on the roster. The Titans, you have three quarterbacks, and even though Will Levis, he looked great, then he looked okay, and then he looked average, but this is what happens. Teams get a large enough sample size on Will Levis, and now you start to plan defensively, and that's what happened, I think, uh, these last two games. The Broncos, do you take a quarterback if you're inside the top 10? I'm going to I'm going to say probably not. Falcons at 10, what are you going to get? Who are you going to get? And do you want to get the fourth best quarterback at number 10 or do you want to get maybe the you know the first best player at another position? You know, that's always the dilemma. It's like you got to get got to get a quarterback. No, you have to get your quarterback. And I think that's the key sometimes when you draft. You're like, hey, we got to get our quarterback. No, get your quarterback. There's a big difference in that. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you. Downloading that app and our radio affiliates around the country. He went to seven Pro Bowls, five-time first-team All-Pro. He is the uh, former CBS sports analyst and reporter. He co-hosts One, One Bills Live that airs weekdays from 1 to 3, and uh, he also handles post-game duties for the team. What was it like, uh, Steve, post-game in the locker room for the Bills? I'm thinking it's pretty excruciating. Yeah, 
Uh, this is a, this is a game that you know you had you got to feel like for your build that you absolutely gift wrapped and tied a bow on for the Broncos to give away a game like that, uh, particularly at the end where not only have you played and turned the ball over, my, you're minus three on the turnovers in the first half alone. Uh, you're still only trailing by a touchdown. Come back, finally give yourself a lead with two minutes to go with a defense that has been played really well, even though they were been depleted, and then. Then to have a miss a field goal to win it, only to have twelve men on the field, it's I think it's excruciating and embarrassing a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a dark dark Tuesday in Buffalo after a Monday night game, no question about it. Okay, can you pinpoint what's the problem? Yeah, no, I I can't. Uh, there have been a couple of weeks that there was a stretch early in the first month of the season where this team was lights out. You know, hanging 37 on the Raiders, 38 on Washington, and then hanging 48 on a Dolphins team that was 3-1 and one coming in. You know, I mean, they, they really seem like they had it. Now, all of a sudden, you're right. The problem seems to be a little bit esoteric. You know, maybe it's one – maybe it's a combination of things. Maybe it's something different every week. But obviously, something's wrong with the recipe. Uh, whatever the ingredients are, you got too much of this and too little of that. It seems like they've got the recipes in the cupboard somewhere, and they just can't figure out the mix. Um, Josh Allen seems to be regressing to where he was 2018, turning it over too much. Yeah. Uh, certainly, he's uh, and certain. And one thing that's been disconcerting is they come out of these games and they're turning it over. I mean, right away. I mean, right out of the gate in three games this this year, they've turned it over on the first series couple of games on the first offensive play. So, obviously, that is not a recipe for success. But I think if you're going to put it at the feet of one thing, it's been the turnovers more than anything. I made this comparison earlier in the show. You played in the Brett Favre era. I, I do see some Brett Favre, Josh Allen similarities there. Wanting to make the play. Brett was a gunslinger. I don't know if Josh is labeled a gunslinger, but... You know, always willing to try to make the big play, sometime to the detriment of their team. Is that a fair comparison? Oh, I think so. I think Josh has been labeled even by some of the people that have played in post game comments. Teams have said, "Yeah, we we see a lot of arm arrogance in Josh Allen. You know, we know he's going to try and make a throw. Nobody else is going to try and make." And let's face it, I mean, it's awesome when he does it and pulls it off, and he does it once or twice a game in almost every game. But lately, he's been trying a little too much and been trying, you know, some of the same shots, this, you know, the shots, the deep, the deep throw to the sideline on a whole shot on a cover two. He tries that and he'll hit it more than anybody, but he throws more interceptions there than anybody because that underneath receiver, the underneath defensive back sloughs off and gets back into the throwing lane a little faster than uh, Josh anticipates. Uh, we've seen some outstanding catches made in that spot. We've seen multiple interceptions being thrown there. So teams are starting to get a handle that Josh is going to try and throw it if you can get in there. So a little bit of that. And then we've also got places where early in games, Josh will throw it to a guy and, and he'll put some heat on it to get into a tight window. And it turns into a volleyball match. The guy comes off the guy's hands and it turns into an interception. We saw that last night with Gabe Davis on the second series of the game. So you, know, you come out of the gate, turn it over twice. In a game against the Denver Broncos, all of a sudden they're way in it in a game where maybe otherwise they might be a little overmatched and they end up pulling it out at the end. 
You know, we're talking to Steve Tasker, former Buffalo Bills All-Pro. Uh, give me best-case scenario for this team. Realistic best-case scenario the rest well, of the they, season. They got to go. I mean, realistically, they got to go. I'm thinking five and two down the stretch of the last eight, seven games, eight games. Um, and they've got the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins. They got a first-place schedule. And now they've done, you know, the first, you know, Dan, <laughs> when you find yourself in a hole, the first thing you got to do is stop digging. <laughs> you know, they haven't done that yet. Yeah. So wow. um, they got to, they got to go, you know, six and two, maybe five and three over the last eight games they got left or last seven games they got left five and two uh, to have a shot to really get in. Now, if they beat the Patriots, Dolphins and Jets, they got a shot at the division title if they can win a couple of those other games. But uh, the best-case scenario is if they find some way to claw and kick and scratch to get in, even as a seventh wild card, there's there's enough horses in the room to make a run like they did in weeks two, three, and four. Um, they should get Von Miller healthier and healthier and healthier. Uh, there's a chance Daquan Jones could get back on the field. Um, there's a chance they'll get healthier and they'll have guys like Rasul Douglas get more acclimated into the into the equation, be a, a CB one or CB two here, so they got a chance to get back healthier. Micah Hyde get back on the field, so they got a chance to get healthier down the stretch, and they do have the ingredients in the cupboard, I think, to put a run together, no question. But that now the question isn't how are they going to look when they get to the playoffs? Can they get over that hump? The question is, can they get there, and then when they do, find what they were so good at in the first month of the season. It's a tall order, you know. It's a long season, but they got to they got to find a way to get in and then put a run together. That's best case scenario. They got to go five and two down those last seven games with a gauntlet of a schedule. If the Bills don't make the playoffs, yeah. If they don't make the playoffs, you know, it's interesting. It's hard to, and I know this too. It's hard to defend. You know, what's going on, even with the coaching staff and the players after a game like last night. But this is still a team that's really difficult to beat. The times you see them lose games are through ways that are unsustainable. You don't get a missed field goal and 12 men on the field to beat this, you know, without beating this team. Last year, the the same thing with the Minnesota loss last year. They had three game stoppers, and all three of them go catastrophically against the Bills. Um, the, the 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 narrative around Buffalo now is they're looking back. There's a 13-second game, that game. There's a Hale Murray. Uh, there's the Minnesota game, as I mentioned, the overtime game in Tampa Bay. All these losses are all by single digits. They're through some quirky, weird circumstance that somehow the team pulls out a victory. And that's the personality of the Bills' losses. Their wins are convincing, and they have the horses. But if you go, don't go to the playoffs this year and you look at how they've lost, it does seem to be something in that recipe that is not allowing them to get over the hump. You know, you got names like now Marty Schottenheimer and Marvin Lewis being compared to Sean McDermott as a guy who builds a great culture, great, great system, but they're not good enough to get over the top. Tony Dungy, the same thing when he was in Tampa Bay before he got to Indianapolis. Um, you know, there's been other coaches like that. Um uh, Andy Reid, same thing. He was in Philly, could never get over the hump. He was a great, good coach, never a great coach. Well, now we've seen him take that next step. That's where Sean McDermott 
and this staff seem to be on the cusp of being good enough to put together a really competitive team, but something's missing when they get to the pinnacle. Great to talk to you again, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Great, great seeing you, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Steve Tasker, five-time first-team All-Pro, special team, seven-time Pro Bowl selection, and works for uh, the Buffalo Bills. A couple of phone calls in here. Um, Tom in North Carolina. Hi, Tom. What do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Hey, bud. Yeah, real quick, uh, I didn't get a chance to call yesterday. I want to shout out to the NC State uh, uh, girls basketball beating uh, number two UConn. Um, also doing a little bit of a deep dive, uh, bringing out the NFL conspiracies, looking at the uh, different covers of the Madden football game. Mm-hmm. And just so happens, Josh Allen is on the cover this year. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you, Tom. Used to be the Sports Illustrated cover jinx but sports illustrated isn't you know prominent anymore but uh madden on the cover of madden and usually it doesn't go, go well for that person uh Petey in georgia hi Petey. what's on your mind today what's going on man you doing all right hi pete uh i like to make a no meat friday uh tattoo bet with mr Pabst. well paulie's not going to get a tattoo Nah, just a no meat Friday. Oh, him. so Paulie doesn't get a meat Friday, and and uh, if he wins, then you get a tattoo. That's right. Okay. Correct. All right. What's the bet? Uh, Falcons against the Bears. Thirty <laughs> first at the Bears, I believe. Okay, Paulie, do you want a piece of the Falcons and the Bears, and then you lose out on a meat Friday? And <laughs> if Petey uh, happens to lose, you get a tattoo of what? Uh, the Chicago C. Okay, so he'll get a Chicago Bear. Is this game in a couple weeks? Uh, it's December 31st, I believe. Oh, jeez. Wow. The only reason I'm calling this far ahead is because I really can't call in when I'm at work, so. Oh, oh. respect. Okay. Uh, Paulie, are you open to maybe losing out on a meet Friday if the Falcons beat the Bears in Chicago at the end of the year? Risking meat is not really in my vocabulary. You know me. I'd, I'd, I'd probably rather get a tattoo. Can I ask you, do you have any tattoos already? Do you have a bunch of them? I got three, so blank page almost. All right. I, I would do it for a Walter Payton tattoo. <laughs> Woo! 34, uh, just a 34 in Bears colors, dark blue oh, okay. and orange. All right, I know how much Walter means to you, so yeah, we'll yeah. do that. Beautiful. I would give up me to spread the word about the greatness of Walter Payton. That one of the few things. Thank you, Petey. Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right, so you may lose out on a meet Friday, could, uh, but you could get a Walter Payton tattoo. Yeah. Uh, Gibbs in Virginia Beach. Hi, Gibbs. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dano. Hey, a scripted show on radio. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, not exactly Atticus Finch checking in, but I'm here to settle the AI-MJ debate for uh, Lucky Luciano in Brooklyn. What up to the shop? I told Marvin this many times when he was uh, TTM in the back taking calls. As a native 757 guy, we have a plethora of notable guys from the area. Bruce Smith, Cam Chancellor, Percy Plax. I could go on and on. But I actually went to the university with best-looking university uniforms on the field and on the court shout out to julian's on franklin i would never disrespect jeffrey in every any way but bubba chuck had more cultural orbit 
than anyone ever, maybe save for MV, MV7, and he's also a 757 guy. But Chuck's background set him apart. He missed his entire senior season after winning the state title in football and basketball sitting in Hampton Roads Jail. I don't think there's anyone that can compare, and Kobe Bryant said it best. We should all be grateful AI wasn't 6'5". All right. Thank you, Gibbs. Yeah, Bubba Chuck is AI's nickname. Yeah, you wonder if John Thompson didn't come to rescue Allen Iverson when he was in jail, where he would be. But where Seton Hall would probably be as a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow John Thompson did it again. <laughs> You're not bitter, all right? It was like one. It was like Patrick Ewing. What the hell? Dikembe Mutombo. Like all of these. Alonzo Mourning. What? Allen Iverson. Where the hell are all these guys coming from? Ah, uh, it was. Just, it was just one after the. As soon as one graduated, another one came in that was just as good or better. You're like holy crap! I remember standing next to Iverson, uh. standing next to Steve Nash, standing next to Nate Archibald, and you go. So I'm I'm taller than all of those guys. But you're going, how How do these guys do it? Because Iverson just kept coming at you. He was relentless. Archibald kept coming at you, relentless. And Nash had this ability to understand spacing as well as anybody who's ever played the game. Angles, understand. You know, he couldn't jump. He wasn't quick. But he was an unbelievable shooter. He might have been, was he the first 90, 50, 40 in the NBA? I think that was Larry Joe Bird. Was Larry 40 from... Oh, okay. He wasn't shooting as as many right. as the... Okay. So 90, 90 from the line, 50 from the field, 40 from three-point range. But I think Nash might have done that a couple of times. Not many guys are told by their coach to shoot more. And Steve Nash was told, you got to shoot more. Yes, Marv? He was winning the MVP award averaging about 17 a night. That was a fun team to watch. Yeah, it was. He, sh- he should have won one MVP, not two. Because the other one was Shaq. No, it was. It was. But Nash Nash earned the other one. He was, he was a fun player. All right, we'll take a break. Jay Billis will join us. He's a lawyer, so I'm going to ask Billis to represent Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and represent the Big Ten in this situation. We'll talk to Jay coming up right after this. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. 
It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. More phone calls coming up. This just in. Buffalo Bills have fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. Steve Tasker, who just joined us, sent us a text saying that this was uh, going to happen, and it did just a couple of minutes ago. So, Buffalo Bills, I don't know. Now, Let's say they don't have 12 guys on the field. Let's say they win that game without, you know, with that missed field goal. Is the offensive coordinator fired after that win? Because it's still the same performance after the offense, but they lose and they had 12 men on the field. They got another chance for a field goal. They made the kick and uh, Denver wins it. But I'm curious if Buffalo had won that game by the narrowest of margins, would their offensive coordinator have been fired? He's Jay Billis. The uh, 13th annual State Farm Champions Classic returns tonight. It's Duke, Michigan State, and then uh, it'll be Kansas and uh, Kentucky. That'll be at the United Center in Chicago, and Jay will be working with Dan Schulman and Holly Rowe. Good to see you. Before I get to basketball, you being a lawyer, I want you to represent Michigan and Jim Harbaugh in this situation that's going on with the Big Ten? It's primarily, Dan, a due process argument. Uh, I don't think they're going to get to the merits of of what happened uh, and exactly what evidence the Big Ten may have. It's a question of did the Big Ten follow its rules and did Michigan get due process of a hearing and to present their evidence before a punishment was handed down. I haven't read the Big Ten bylaws. I don't know what their sportsmanship, you know, this, this is all under the aegis or the umbrella of sportsmanship policy. I don't know what it says, uh, but I think it's a little bit of an uphill climb for Michigan here. And uh, and I think the Big Ten is probably going to wind up having the authority to, to ultimately do what it did. Is there cheating in basketball? I mean, this is sign stealing. I don't know. And we had the Astros in baseball. Is there anything that is still nefarious with college basketball, given that you have NIL transfer portal? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, there's always been, you know, players being paid and all that stuff that's that's sort of outside uh, the rule book. And nobody even knows what the rule book is right now with NIL. The, the players are not supposed to be paid for play. But that everybody who had any brain in their head knew that's what NIL was going to be. Um, but I, I don't know of any, you know, there's no in-person scouting for basketball. Um, I know there's a lot of information sharing. So if, uh, you know, if I've got a friend, say I'm on the staff at Dayton and, I've, and we're playing, uh, you know, George Washington, and I've got a friend on another staff who just played George Washington, and I know there's sharing of scouting reports, but I don't think that there's anything nefarious about that. I think the problem for Michigan here was the, the violation of the in-person scouting rule. And, you know, it used to be in basketball, football, you could go to opponents' games and have advanced scouting in person. But they got rid of that, I think, more for cost than anything. All right. Uh, what should we be looking for tonight with this doubleheader? You know, four of the preseason best teams in the country, I think the lowest-rated team was 16th, and that's Kentucky. 
um, you know, in the first game, Michigan State has not played well. And uh, they're a veteran team that went to the Sweet 16 last year, and they've got four out of their five starters back. The only one gone is Joey Hauser. And uh, I think they're you know, two of 31 in their first two games from three. Uh, they've been out-rebounded. Uh, they have not looked the part of, of a Michigan State team. Uh, I tend to think that that's going to change tonight and it better. Um, you know, Duke just came off a loss against Arizona in a heavyweight fight in Cameron Indoor Stadium. It was so great to see that kind of game this early in the season. And you can tell that Tommy Lloyd of Arizona and John Shire of Duke, you know, want to play those type of games and test their teams. Um, and Duke's got some adjustments to make. Uh, they got out-rebounded badly uh, against uh, Arizona. And, uh, and Arizona kind of exposed that, uh, that, you know, shot makers at the four position – you know, they can lay off the four-man and clog the lane, so Duke's going to have to adjust to that. Best pro prospect in the building tonight will be who? You know, I think there are about 15 guys off these four rosters that are going to play in the NBA. Uh, I think Jonathan Gavoni projected seven are going to be taken in the first round this year in the draft if they were to come out. Uh, it's probably between, I'd say, Justin Edwards at Kentucky, the freshman, or the sophomore Kyle Filipowski uh, at Duke. Um they're they're you know they're very different players, but Kentucky's got kind of a I don't want to say old school, but um, it's it's John Calipari going back to hey we're getting the best freshmen and we're gonna we're gonna develop talent and at the end of the year we're gonna be really good, but we're gonna be really young at the beginning and bring them along. He he did the transfer thing the last couple of years, and it didn't work out quite the way they weren't as talented but older. And I think he's gone back to the, no, I want I want super talent. And they've got super talent this year. The three-point shot and how important it is, um, these coaches, when they go out recruiting, like how important is it that they're they're looking for that three-point shooter? And, and, like, where is that at the priority list of bringing in these players? It's pretty high. Uh, it's not quite NBA high. Uh, because I think, you know, you've noticed this because you know basketball so well, but there are so many low-post big guys in the country right now that are among the best players. They're not as coveted in the NBA, so they're staying in school longer, whether it's Zach Eady, uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner at, uh, at Creighton, um, you know, you name, Hunter Dickinson at, uh, at Kansas, you name it. And years ago, those guys would have all been gone, but now they're coming back. One, they can make a lot of money in college, but, uh, but they're not first-round draft picks like they've been in the past. I think if you can stretch it, uh, you're way more valuable. But, uh, you know, you still need rim protection. And that's one thing. Kentucky has it, but they've got, their rim protectors are hurt right now. So they're playing kind of a smaller lineup, five out. And I think that will change when their big guys come back. He's Jay Billis. He'll be on the call with Dan Schulman and Holly Rowe tonight. It's a doubleheader on the mothership, Duke, Michigan State, followed by Kentucky and Kansas. Uh, when we look back on Loyola Marymount, were they ahead of everybody with what is today's like, it, was it a different style with, you know, uh, we're going to take the three, we're going to give you the two, and we're just going to run you all night long? A little bit, yeah. Um, Paul Westhead, who I had a kind of a connection to, um, I went to high school with his daughters, Monica and Patrice, at Rolling Hills High School in California. And I also played with Jack McKinney's son, John, uh, when he fell off the bike and all that stuff happened with the Showtime Lakers right around 1980, 81, give or take, when I was a sophomore and junior in high school. And I think when when Westhead got kind of bounced around a little bit, um, you know, it, it seemed like he said, okay, you, wanna, you want me to play fast? I want to play fast. 
And I remember looking at, uh, I was an assistant, at grad assistant at Duke at the time, and I remember looking at like press guides of opponents, and everybody had their career high against Loyola Marymount. <laughs> everybody. If they played them, that was every player's career high because the scores were up in the 120s and one sometimes 130. Um, but yeah, they ran and, and, you know, defense was not uh, at a premium. Um, even though like Westhead grew up in the, in the Philly kind of LaSalle, St. Joe's tree where that's not the way they played. But yeah, I think they were a little bit ahead of their time, but, but I think you can balance it and run, get easy baskets, quick threes. I mean, you'd rather have a three in transition than work 20 seconds to get one where it's going to be more contested. Um, it's not always true, but, uh, that's that I think back then, Dan, we didn't understand because the three came into college in 87. And we didn't understand the asymmetrical threat it was. Remember back then when Patino was at Providence and everybody's like, oh, my God, look at all the threes they're shooting. What, they shoot 12 a game? You know, now now you shoot 12 in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And uh, it's a totally different game now. And it, but it's opened things up. And, and it's a little bit more exciting game. But I'll tell you what, like the, the player, the people our age that are going, geez, these big guys, they don't know how to play, like, they're having to guard ball screens and recover, and they're guarding, guarding multiple actions, and you worry when they pick up a foul. Holy cow. Like, my biggest task was I had to meet my assignment at the free throw line and fight him for low post position. <laughs> that was the end of it. I never guarded a ball screen in college. <laughs> but I go back to that Patino-Providence team with Billy Donovan. I mean, they, that wasn't a great team as much as it was. It felt like it was a system. Like, he, he had a system before – Nolan Richardson had a system, but, you know, that was defense. But here was Patino. I mean, he was so far ahead of his time with utilizing the three-point shot as a weapon. He always has been in everything. He's probably, along with Bob Knight, maybe the best teacher of the game I've come across. Uh, but, you know, he's going to look to what's his advantage. I mean, a lot of, you know, Dan, you've seen this as much as I have. A lot of coaches will talk about how they want to play and maybe not enough think about how are we going to win? Doesn't matter how I want to play. How are we going to win with the personnel we have? And Patino's always been at the forefront of how are we going to win? When you see Zion Williamson now, what goes through your mind? Same thing that went through my mind the first time I saw him is that there's never been anybody like this on a basketball floor. And the only thing that's kept him from being the, um, the player among the players in the league has been injury. And when he's healthy, his numbers are ridiculous. Uh, his efficiency is a joke, and he's freaking unstoppable. And you know, the only the only other player I remember saying that about uh, that I've never seen anything like this on a basketball floor is Victor Wembanyama because at seven four, he's doing things that nobody's ever done at that size. And I'm not surprised he's maybe a little bit surprised he's having that much success this early. But I'm not surprised he's having success. I, you know, you knew if he stayed healthy, it was going to come. But but this early, uh, it's been pretty remarkable, I think. And you, of course, were a lockdown defender in college. Uh, how would you guard Victor Wembanyama? Uh, I would start screaming for help. And, uh, and as soon as you got to the arena, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'd be in the game very long if uh, if I were. But that's kind of the thing. I mean, you well, know, wait we a minute, you played to, against Samson, though, didn't you? Well, I was in the game when Samson was there. I, like that was my first ACC game. It was uh, number we played number one Virginia. It was like late December in uh, or early December in 1983, 82, 82, 83. 
And uh, I did a great defensive job on Samson. I held him to 36 points. Okay. And uh, it was remarkable. But, and I felt really bad about that. I thought, I need to find something else to do. <laughs> and then two weeks later, he had 40 against Ohio State. He was guarded by Clark Kellogg and Herb Williams. And I thought, well, maybe I don't suck as much as I thought. <laughs> they had two players on him, and he had 40. Are you, are you at Duke's practice now? Yeah, they're they're finishing up their shoot around. Then Michigan State comes in, like Kansas. And You're not going to get yeah. If Coach K was coaching Duke right now, would would he have a problem with you being on a Zoom call? No, uh, no, he wouldn't have a problem. Coach K uh, treated me as a broadcaster, much like as a player. He didn't notice me when I was in the gym. <laughs> I said this when uh, Coach Knight died that you did me a favor when you talked to him one time, and he wanted to know if anybody. I'm paraphrasing. Anybody at Sports Center knew basketball, and you mentioned that I did, and and it changed my relationship with him uh, up until the very end. Uh, I was in contact with somebody who was close to him, uh, but I, I wanted to thank you again for for saying that because a you were correct that I did know basketball, <laughs> uh, but you know he he resp- he accepted me because of you, uh, kind of validating that. So I appreciate that. Well, he, he accepted you because of you, not anything I said. I mean, it was just a discussion. He, he didn't find too many people at that time at the company that he trusted um, and on the basketball side. And I tried to talk him out of it, that there were, and, and you know, you were the one. But it was, it was not just basketball knowledge, Dan. I don't mean to blow smoke at you, but it was, it was because of how trustworthy you are. And, uh, and so I'm not surprised you two had a good relationship. Have fun. Uh, thanks for joining us. My best to Holly and Dan, and uh, we'll be watching tonight. Always, brother. Thank you for having me. That's Jay Billis. He'll be on the call tonight, so it's a doubleheader. It's Duke and Michigan State. That's 7 Eastern on the mothership, followed by Kentucky and number 1 Kansas. That's the United Center in Chicago. Uh, let me see if I can squeeze in a phone call here. Barry in New Mexico. Good morning, Barry. What's on your mind today? Good morning, fellas. Good morning, chat row. Uh, Dan, I've been a, a faithful listener. Hopefully, I've given you a few yucks over the years. Can you please, please, please stop playing the Robert Sala press conferences? I mean, I have two eyes. I was at the game on uh, Sunday. They're not changing the quarterback. They're not changing the uh, the play calling. Enough already. Sheesh. All right. <laughs> Will do, Barry. Actually, I won't. I'll continue to play Robert Sala. And let the beard go gray if it goes gray. That's my advice. You don't want to do what Ryan Day did. Now you have to maintain it all the time. You wake up every morning, and that's the first thing you're going to do. Is, How's my beard look? Is there any gray in there? Let it go. David in Texas. Hi, David. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Hey, Dave. Six two two twenty five. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I got a new slogan for Crappensburg State. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Crappensburg State, just go. <laughs> okay. All right, Dave. Thank you, David. Uh, just do it. Just go. Yeah. By the way, I'm looking at the uh, 90, 50, 40 guys. Larry Bird did it uh, 86 and 87. Mark Price, Reggie Miller, Steve Kerr, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki. Here's one for you. Jose Calderon. No way. (laughs) 
course. Then it was Steve Nash, Steve Nash, Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. That's the list of those who have gone 90 from the line, 50 from the floor, and 40 from three-point range. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Everything you love about Mercedes, the style, the comfort, the technology, the choice, is now available in electric. The vehicles, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice, all yours. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQ.